Hey. Warriors! <laughs> don't come out and play! Yeah, we, uh, so, brief, brief aside before we get into this, as you might have been able to tell by the video, or by the title on the, uh, podcast. There's no video. Right, no video. Not yet. Um, hmm, um... <laughs> As you might be able to tell, we did not do the Warriors. Nope. Uh, Real life shit happened, and I had to move, and it's been a clusterfuck. So yeah. So uh, so if there's any audio weirdness or anything, uh, new the, setup where we're uh, we're moving some stuff around. Yeah. But what we did do is we uh, we finally salted off the. Uh, Outstanding, the, right? The the spectacular Resident Evil series finale. We uh, we we went to the theaters. We saw Resident Evil Six, and uh, yeah, man, that that was. Uh, what did you think about it? <laughs> <clears throat> I was really, 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 really excited to see this movie because we've done the whole series which is not something that happens a lot you don't normally watch five movies of a series in a row unless it's Harry Potter um <laughs> what you don't do that <laughs> well no I was just I was just uh I was thinking you don't usually watch five series uh or five movies in a row of a series that you don't particularly like <laughs> <laughs> That too, but that's what we do here on this program. So, uh, in any event, I was excited uh, to see this. I've been looking forward to it. Same, same. I was, I was pretty enthused about this. I was like, because five was pretty was pretty fun. Yeah, and it was really enjoyable. It was entertaining. I remember it pretty vividly, like how it ended, and I was like, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, and is still. My uh, my favorite in the series. I think five is kind of where they got everything as right as they were ever gonna get it. Um, and we now know they should have just left it there. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the ending of five would have been a better ending to the entire series than what we got. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you sum up this um, abortion of a film for us? Uh, certainly. So, uh, let, let me let me pull up my notes. I I I, I took some notes in the theater. Um, so, what we have in this movie, we uh, we open with uh, Alice wandering, Alice Mila Jovovich's character wandering a bombed out uh, DC hellscape. Uh, she is informed by the Red Queen, the security system and uh, and computer brain behind the hives that uh, that that serve as the bases for all of Umbrella's operations. Uh, she's informed by the Red Queen that because of something. All of the last remaining human settlements in the world will go dark in 48 hours, and there will be no more humans. They, as far <laughs> as I remember, I don't think they explain that at nope, all. they don't. 
They give her a literal ticking clock on her wrist and never explain why it's ticking. Yeah, they don't explain. They explain a lot of things in this movie, or attempt to, but they just decided to leave that one uh, just completely open to interpretation, I guess. Yeah, so, so, yeah, Mila Jovovich has 48 hours to travel back to Raccoon City, the uh, the start of all of this, the first hive that she was ever in, and um, she learns that apparently there is a airborne cure for the T virus. We'll get into that later. Um, and she's been she's been told that she has to go there and find it and get it and and. Release Just it. Release it and and let it kind of cleanse the world and all this nightmare can be over. But it'll kill anything that's been infected by the T-virus, which she's been infected by the T-virus, so she will die ostensibly. So she goes, she does the thing, she she infiltrates the uh, she infiltrates the hive, gets the uh, anti virus whatever and uh, in doing so she meets the person that she was cloned from who (laughs) she meets the person who she was cloned from she gets to learn that that person is also the person who has a small child was who the red queen was modeled after and they all work together, and they release the thing, and everything's hunky-dory at the end. And by everything's hunky-dory, I mean everything looks exactly the fucking same, and there are still hell beasts everywhere. <laughs> this is not like humanity is saved. There's only 4,000 people left. Yeah. On Earth. On Earth. Not in the, not in the United States. Not in... Valentine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 4,000 people, period, uh, apparently. <laughs> so w- what do you want to nitpick first? Oh, God, there's so much. I, I, I just I have to go through chron- chronologically because I think the opening of the Resident Evil movies, like the, the opening sequence before they you know flash the Resident Evil, the Reckoning, whatever, title card... Is uh, is is very very important to the aesthetic of these movies. Yep. <laughs> so um, right off the bat, in this one, we uh, get oh, this is great. So we get a backstory that's supposed to be explaining how the T virus came about and and what it was supposed to be fixing, and. The whole backstory ends up being ends up telling us information that we already know about the T virus, but also letting us know why the Red Queen's uh, persona is a little girl, and that's it. That's the whole thing. And this is also like stuff that would have probably been important to the plot, and it's never been covered in five movies. It is just thrown at you in the beginning as though it were a last time on segment. But it's not. <laughs> but it's not. There was never a last time on. There was a lot new of new information yeah. just dumped on you at the beginning. There's a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And and the the very beginning 
is uh, is is sort of well shot, and uh, and you know as far as these movies go, and I was into it, and I was like, oh my god, they finally did another one, other than the intro to what was it, two or three, that didn't look like a DVD, like. Are you talking about the one in Tokyo? Yeah, that was three. Yeah. So I was Which like, was otherwise shit. Yeah, that was the only good thing about three. But I was like, cool, they finally did another opening that didn't look like it was ripped out of like the DVD menu. And after a shit ton of jump scares <laughs> where where they we, we joked in the first few movies about them having a jump scare quota, they fill that in like two minutes here. Um, after a plethora of jump scares uh, it instantly goes into another like last time on segment, and it does indeed look like a DVD menu out of like 2004. <laughs> it uh, and 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 then the title card goes up, and we're into the real movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a travesty, but. I- to- Go, go ahead. <laughs> so, this movie has close quarters fighting sequences. Yes. As do they all. Yes. The ones in this movie were nauseating to watch. The, the camera work in these fight scenes, specifically and primarily the hand-to-hand fight scenes, I, I, there were times that I had to look away... And I don't normally like get affected by stuff like that, but it was because the camera was so disjointed with so many fast cuts yeah. that it became nauseating to watch. It was it was pretty much like it was pretty much amateur shaky cam, uh, you know, for I don't know, man. I don't even like like 4 to 7 frame cuts like Yeah, I don't even know that an amateur could edit something this together from different this many different angles it, like it was like the only thing that I could the only thing that I could describe it because there was a lot of weird camera work choices. Uh, one of which was this really weird, like emphatic, shaky cam plus zoom in motif that they kept going with. Like so hard to watch, and it it, it makes it look. The only things that I've seen that I can compare it to are I I have, I have three references. There's uh, Speed Racer. <laughs> There's the crank movies, which operate with a similar kind of shaky cam fast edits uh, thing. Um, and there's, like, if you've ever seen, like, there's, I want to call it a fad, but there's a trend in Japan of uh, making live action anime movies mm. like live action anime adaptations mm. and a lot of the oh. ones and a lot of the ones that we get in the states are pretty uh, are pretty toned down but a lot of the ones like if you and I and I highly recommend you do cuz it's really fun uh, if you search for like uh, the new cutie honey movie uh, the the Japanese live action new cutie honey movie that came out not too long ago um You'll see what I'm talking about. It's like uh, they they try and emulate the art style as much as possible, and a lot of it uses this weird zoom in sort of 
shaky thing. It 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 looks it looks fine when you're trying to emulate an art style, I guess. I mean, depends on who you are, but when you're trying to do straightforward fight scenes in an in an American zombie movie, it it does not it does not come together well. All right, so I'm going to read to you my summary of the middle of this movie. Okay. Alice meets up with a bunch of ragtag survivor renegades in a safe haven near Umbrella's base station and a plot and, and plot to take down Umbrella and save the world. Does that sound familiar? Because it happens in literally every other Resident Evil movie. Every single one. All six of them do this, <laughs> as far as I can remember. Maybe not two, uh, but yeah, no, two, two, for, two does it. Well, no, two, two does it organically. Yeah, two, the, two they, they happen to be there because they were there when shit went off and they yeah. were trying to get out. But every single other one, including one, yeah. does this. <laughs> she literally is on her own. She meets up with the fucking... A team, and everyone has a certain skill, and blah blah blah. You know how that shit goes. They all systematically die. Yeah, they all systematically <laughs> die, except for the one person who's important to the plot because they are forced into the story. And that's and they and that's it. And they come up with a plan. It's like so formulaic. It drove me cr- like it never bothered me until now because they. Because you know they're not going to redeem themselves. Well, they literally, anymore. they literally didn't have to do that at all. Yeah, they didn't have to introduce any of those fucking people. I did yeah. not, I did not give two fucks about any of those characters. Yeah. They just threw them in there. Like they didn't even bother to introduce them or give them character. Ruby no. Rose was there. She was looking cute, but she and fucking utterly wasted, wasted, completely wasted. She had no part. She was just a member of this group of people that she, all she, died. She was there to to. She, she got chopped up in a fan. Yeah, she was there to flip off a camera. Yeah, and that was it. She had no <laughs> like. I love Ruby Rose, but and I lost nothing when she died because it was so forced. Uh, Claire Redfield does nothing in this whole movie when yeah. she's been an okay character. Claire, Claire Redfield does nothing aside from one of the dumbest one of the dumbest things that I think she could have done plot wise. Basically, Alice. Ha- All right, so so at the beginning of the movie, Alice is told about the cure for the T virus. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she already knew that the way it was explained to her, it would kill her. Yeah. Which it doesn't. I don't know if I said that in the summary. It fucking doesn't. They cop out. We'll get to that. But (laughs) I, um, it, she, she already knows this, I assume, because she she seems to be hyper capable at everything else. It doesn't make sense for her to not no. She be, knows it. Be on the table. She knows. But it's pretty obvious that she Claire knows. Claire Redfield pretty much exists just so one she has someone to meet up with. Yeah. And two, so she can say, but like the audience doesn't also get it. But but you're gonna die if you you can't. There has to be another yeah. way. And and it's dumb because like as the audience you're like no there's not because Mila Jovovich was just like yeah there are four thousand people left on the planet and I can save them and we can have a shot at at extending the human race and Claire's like 
But boo, you'll die. <laughs> it's so dumb. You could have you could have replaced Claire Redfield with literally anyone. Yeah, and lost nothing. Like like Ruby Rose, and you could have had her live through the fucking movie. Yeah, um, yeah. It was rough. It was really rough. Um, this movie this movie was basically Home Alone, um, <laughs> in two different settings. There was the first part when they were on the fucking command tower uh, and zombies were coming up to hell right now and they throw flaming barrels of gasoline on them and kill an entire horde of tens of thousands of zombies with with gasoline and fire, which is dumb. Now, okay, so here... But okay, but also okay. sorry. Yeah, so ahead. and then and then Home Alone Two is when they go into the hive and literally every single part, like the last, like up until from like this movie is about two hours. I would say from like an hour to like an hour and forty five minutes in mm-hmm. is them navigating through the hives booby traps, and yeah. it gets a little old. It it does so. Okay, so I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take because we're kind of hitting on this chronologically, and uh, and and I want to take a minute to to step outside of the the chronology of this uh, of this piece of film, and I I I, I would like to give it some praise because it does deserve some praise. Let's not forget this movie isn't three, <laughs> like. The action, while sometimes nauseating, is still pretty good. It it had some good action set pieces. Um, they're all over the top, which is fine. I which mean, is what you want. So, yeah, since number two, it's been what I've been saying this series should be about. Um, and uh, and and there are some uh, there are some. Again, they are wasted, but there are some uh, some monster designs that look. Very cool. There's a uh, they if, they they use them up like that though. Yeah, if if you see if you've seen the trailer, you've seen this snippets of this like flying monster thing. It reminded me of Ridley from um, Metroid. Metroid. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's really cool. The design's really cool. The way that they they do it's kind of like part of the opening scene. Uh, that they yeah, do. It is, really is, is the lead in. Yeah, is is her fighting it, and it's not the scene isn't utilized terribly, but it doesn't the, ultimately matter. Yeah, that 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 was the biggest thing that I didn't like about the scene because the the scene was it was one of the better shot action sequences in the thing. It was, um, there wasn't a lot of shaky cam, wasn't a lot of zoom in, but it was still close. It was still tense. Um, and you you just had Mila Jovovich fighting one on one in a jeep. It was like a chase fight sequence with this flying hell beast, and you established some things in the in that that sequence. Like it, I, it explains you see a lot of where she is, which is the bombed out DC area, um, which I have more to say on that locale specifically uh, later, but there you, you get to see around the bombed out DC area. Uh, you meet this big flying thing and you discover that those exist. You discover that they're extraordinarily hard to kill. 
and uh, this is all stuff that in a different movie would have been used to like establish hey we're in DC we're gonna be doing stuff around DC these things live in DC they're really hard to kill be on the lookout for the next one <laughs> nope it doesn't show up again you see a shadow of one right before the credits roll and that's it. It's it's totally wasted. And also, ever since, like right after that fight with the with with the thing, the Red Queen gets in touch with Alice, and she's like, "Yo, go to DC or go to Raccoon City," and we never see DC again. Um. So there's there's that. Um. I can't. And. <laughs> It kind of goes. I can't give this movie a compliment that doesn't end up being backhanded in some way. It, it, the the movie is really bad about sabotaging itself. <laughs> what else does this movie do well? Uh, Mila Jovovich turns in a pretty good performance. You know mm. what what you expect from her. Um, they sidelined Wesker as a main. Yes, dad, they included. Which is nice. They included Wesker exactly enough. Yeah, I, this was the first time that I wasn't cracking up every time Wesker was on screen. Yeah, he he was. I mean, he still looks ridiculous, but but he didn't. He did not fail as a yeah, character this he, time. He was he was a slightly more competent than usual goon, and it 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 served him well. He he in the games. I mean, the games still have stupid plots, but in the games. <laughs> He can he can be a ma- he can be the mastermind behind everything, but they uh, they finally went back to um, uh, our old pal Jora. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about let's talk about Jora real quick. Jora is the main antagonist of this movie. He gets a lot of screen time because there are no less than three clones of him in this movie. Yes, at least three. Not three clones, but two clones and the, well, and the yeah. quote unquote real one. There are three Joras. There are movie. no less than three of him, um, which totally gets hand waved and retconned. Because he was, <laughs> they dropped that, the clone bomb so flagrantly, like just they did. It was <laughs> it was so just off the cuff. She was the, the first time Alice sees Jora, she's like, "I killed you," and then and he he's just like, like shoots her and, a look, and then he's like, like "Really?" And then she's like, "I killed your clone," and he's like, "Yeah," like, and then that's, that's it. The that's thing. the whole thing. And and I and I get like, I get it because cloning has been cloning has been established in yeah, this universe. Yeah, we knew that there were Alice clones, but it's still just so weird to like hear. Oh, I killed your. Oh, clone. I killed your clone, and then they Drop just so like matter. And then they just fact. move on. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. Uh, uh, so Jora is also pretty fucking campy. He's campy, but he's mincing. Like he's not. He's not a bad antagonist. Each Jora has kind of a different personality, which I thought was kind of an interesting idea that they the, didn't run with at all. But it was there it was, was me. There was one Jora that the first Jora that you see that's like you, haha, you killed my clone. Blah. He was a <laughs> he was a religious fanatic, which has never been anything in this series. Yeah, there there was never a religious angle to Jora's character, mostly or, because or anything in this whole series. Yeah, um, but but they do they establish it via a flashback that he's he's referring to. Oh, we haven't even talked about how 
the apocalypse was engineered, but well, that'll we'll get to we'll, that. We'll get to that, but uh, but but Jorah compares what's happening to a great flood, and he seems to kind of do this just to make a point. But it, it seems like all of his clones emphasize a part of his a part of his real uh, his original character. So like he makes an offhanded comment about the flood in the book of Genesis. The clone that we see first is a full blown like religious fanatic yeah. leading this like cult in a care like a convoy of zombies yeah. and, and, and tanks. Not again. It, not not a bad set piece. I actually liked it as a set piece. I didn't. I thought it was really lame. <laughs> it, I mean, it was cheesy, but I thought it was super lame, and I thought it was a total ass pull. <laughs> but anyway, that's we're not here to talk about that. Fair enough. So Jorah two, not the real Jorah. I'm pretty sure it was just a minion of real Jorah. Right. He was kind of with him, and he knew he was a clone. Yeah. Okay, and he dies pretty quickly. Yeah, he doesn't uh, get a whole lot of screen time. No, but Jorah 3 is like a robot, super mutant, T-virus infected, <laughs> like badass, like somehow incredibly uh, accomplished fighter, which is totally out of nowhere for that character. I, I feel like this is the right time to bring this up now. So, over the past month or so um i've been getting back into fallout uh three and fallout new vegas yes i've just i've I've picked them back up i think that the filmmakers did as well not only do we start out in a bombed out dc that looks very exactly like like the capital wasteland like all all you would have to do was run it, it for for the green screen backdrop for this you would pretty much just have to run fallout 3 on a good pc with high graphic settings like it was it was pretty much there um the the interiors of the buildings even looked the same a lot of the like military tricks that were crashed looked the same the blown out um, buildings like work the same yeah as the buildings in fallout yeah and then so i'm like okay you know how how many iterations of post-apocalyptic bombed out dc can you have i get it so movie goes on and that's not a bad thing to be um Derivative of yeah yeah there there are definitely worse things. I mean it is a video game based movie in the first place. Movie goes on, and the so there's this little bit where Mila Jovovich first meets Jorah, the real one, the real Jorah, and they start running through scenarios in their heads of how to kill one another. And it's just this dumb... It, it's it's not, so cringy. It's honestly kind of... It's like derivative of what the, the Sherlock Holmes movies did, the Robert Downey Jr. Mm. ones, where it was like planning things out, except they were done way better than that movie. Which still wasn't that good. Which still wasn't great. Um, but... So they're, they're running through these things, and when you see Jorah plotting against... Mila and and when you see him fighting uh, Mila Jovovich and, and Claire Redfield, 
whatever her actress's name Allie is. Allie Larder. Allie Larder. There yeah. you go. Um, when you see uh, those two fighting him, he enters into a mode that looks almost exactly like that. Yeah. Like everything goes kind of green and he starts seeing like percentages of like how he can dodge things. Like actual like on screen percentages of like what guns they're like like information about what guns they're using, what their names are. It's really dumb. And and then Jorah is killed by no shit and exploding pants. She reverse pickpockets a frag grenade into his suit pocket. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> and it blows up. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Oh my god. It is Fallout. It is Fallout. Wow. Every, it's it's so like like it doesn't you know, I'm I'm willing to say it doesn't it's not in enough of the movie for it to like be like, oh they're ripping off Fallout. Like I'm willing to say it could be a nod. Um, I I hope they thanked someone at Bethesda when they made this movie, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it, it if you're if you're looking for it, it's uh, it's certainly there. God, I didn't even think about the exploding pants. <laughs> yes. Oh, <it's> so gratuitous. <laughs> so bad. Uh, it. Um. So. That's uh so she kills Jorah uh via exploding pants grenade. Well, majorly injures Jorah after. Yeah, she fucks know. him up pretty good. Um he dies shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um but this is after she has met herself. This is after she has met mm. the person she was cloned from. Oh. Who is this Mila Drevovich in terrible old lady makeup. <laughs> this part of the movie was so bad. Like I was I was oh, man. I was I was giving the movie the benefit of the doubt until that point and then I lost <laughs> all faith and I just like cuz you know me man I will find something good about every yeah. movie. I will I try and look at the positives in every movie and take it on its own terms and blah blah blah. blah. That really just killed it for me. Yeah. It really lost me <laughs> when they wheeled out Mila Jovovich in old lady makeup. <laughs> and we're like, this was you. This was your original self. Because it's so bad. Okay, like, so he, here's uh, the sequence of events. She gets down to the basement of the hive to confront Jorah. Jorah's like... Oh, by the way, here's the lady you were cloned from. You're not the original Alice. Haha. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> Lol. Yeah. Uh, she, the lady comes out in a wheelchair. She's just been chilling in the shadows the whole time. Right. The whole time of the past ten years, apparently. <laughs> and then the sequence happens. Well, it implies that they've been in cryo. The sequence anyway. happens <laughs> that... She states that she owns exactly 50% of the company, which never happens, right. by the way. Right. That, you don't do that in business. <laughs> but she owns 50% of the company. Uh, and she says that... Um, she says that out loud, and then Wesker's like, well, my loyalty is to Dr. Isaacs, to Jorah. 
Uh, so I'm obviously and, and, not. And she's like, Wesker is still an employee. Yes, and she's like, uh, yeah, well, he's an owner, but you're just an employee. Wesker, you're fired. And then the Hive security system immediately recognizes that and kills Wesker. Right. And it's or, not. And it's not even. It, it doesn't even say because because you see it like through the Hive's perspective, and it like highlights Wesker and like his status as employee changes. Oh my god! And th- this was something. This was something I loved. It doesn't say. Like it, it doesn't say like employment terminated, intruder, yeah, kill. It says it says something along the lines of, uh, em- employment terminated, uh, civilian s- safety no longer. It it was it was something like safety no longer priority, oh. and then he immediately gets killed by a closing door, making me think that the entire hive. Even at its best, for all of its employees, was a shambling, barely held together death trap. Yeah, because <laughs> like, because it wasn't like it it immediately wanted to kill him. It was just like, oh, he's not that important anymore. And then a falling door just takes him the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was so hard oh, to watch. God, that was the worst for me. Was that that Wesker? You're fired. That that <laughs> ruined it for me. So, there's, uh, so, okay, so we finally learn in this movie what it is that Umbrella has been up to. Uh, I'll let you take the reins on this one. And, uh, spoiler alert, much like, uh, much like the rest of Umbrella's tactics, it makes no fucking sense. It makes no fucking sense compared to the actions that they've already taken uh, in pursuit of their goal. It makes no sense why they want to do it in the first place. So what you see is uh, Jorah giving a speech in front of a, a, a you know board meeting for Umbrella. And he is talking about how he, he basically says a bunch of apop- apocalyptic and both apocalyptic and apocryphal um, <laughs> statements about about the world is ending, uh, global populations going to keep rising, and we're going to run out of food. Global warming is going to cover ninety percent of the livable surface of the earth and water, like. <laughs> and then he and then he says and these aren't what was it he was like these these aren't theories they are facts and it's like well oh, you know, you, too soon you, you you didn't you didn't do most of your research but but that that aside um it's so dumb ta- taking taking the fox news route to the world is ending yeah um <laughs> He's, he's like, if the world's ending anyway, why don't we be the ones to end it? And then we can make it over in our image. So the plan, and there are only like 10 people at this board meeting, and they just cloned the shit out of all of the board members um, with the hopes of eradicating... Everyone. Oh, and uh, a great thing about this, he says that we could create a controlled 
apocalypse that wouldn't affect resources or infrastructure. Which is in hilarious. all of these movies, the infrastructure is crumbling like it's been hit by nuclear blasts. It's horrible. <laughs> and so, somehow and the resources are scarce. Yeah, somehow the T virus turned the entire world into and, Mad Max. Yeah, some, it turned the entire world into the middle of Australia. Yeah, it, it was. It's fucking desert now. We've so, we've, ta- we've touched on that before, <laughs> right? So so. <laughs> all right. I've held off. I've held off long God. enough. I have to. It's bursting out of me like an alien. So, the antivirus in this movie <laughs> is claimed to be airborne. Airborne. So apparently, <laughs> when Alice drops this vial of like six ounces of liquid <laughs> on the ground. Uh-huh. The entire world will be eradicated of the T virus. Right. And it happens. Yeah. What the fuck? No. Now, now, now. To the movie's credit, in the very end, when it when they find out that Alice is not dead. Let 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 me let me take also. Alice isn't dead. Yeah, Alice isn't um, dead. But uh, let let me let me let me take why she isn't dead because I've got a thing okay. for that. But, yeah, but in the but... very end, when when <laughs> it's revealed that she's not dead, her ending narration is well, you know, the T virus spreads so fast because you know in the modern world people travel on jets and blah 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 got taken all over and spread like that but we don't have any of that stuff anymore so it's going to be slower to travel over the world so in the meantime i've got to still keep doing my job or something that's the gist of it right and uh, and then it shows her with the fucking terracidon flying over her head right. um but no <laughs> no no that is not how that is and, not how things work and and like immediately when she drops the vial there's a there is a army of thousands of zombies coming towards her, and they all just drop. They dead. all drop dead, like it, like like in a in a circle, like. <laughs> it is not only airborne, but it is it is like, potent enough that six ounces <laughs> is enough to cure the entire world. Yeah, and and through the air. Yeah. And immediately it's enough to cure, like, a one-mile radius yeah. from fucking, from zombies murking her ass. Um, but yeah, so when she drops the T-virus, uh, she expects to die, and she passes out. She wakes up to Claire being like, you did it, yay! Yeah, you're not dead. And then, I knew you could do it. And then they fucking... I knew you wouldn't die. Then they pull up the Red Queen... Who's is still existing She's even though fine. the hive blew up and I'm assuming her She's fine. Com- it's cool. her, her server along with her. But anyway, um, they pulled the Red Queen and she, the Red Queen was like, We had to let you believe that the virus was going to kill you because we had to see if you were willing to make that sacrifice for the rest of the world to prove you were a good person. And better than the other Mila Jovovich clones. Let's put aside the inanity of why the fuck that would matter. <laughs> okay. 
They were basically saying, we had to see if you were good enough to sacrifice yourself, even though if you failed this test that we set up for you and were like, fuck that, I don't want to die, for selfish but legitimate reasons. We'd either have to tell you or I'll die. Yeah, we'd either have to be like, nah, we're just full in, or all of humanity is gone. (laughs) It's such an arbitrary (laughs) stakes. It's especially because by the end of this thing, you don't care if Mila Jovovich lives. You're expecting her to die. Yeah, it's the final chapter. You're like, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, closure, cool. You certainly don't expect them to try. It would have been fine if some semi sequel baiting like they did at the end. If it would be, it would have been fine if she had died. Yeah, like it would have made sense. Yeah, it would be like, all right, that's the that's the fucking logical conclusion. They could have had her head hit the ground. And a white background, and her eyes snap shut. Right. And it would have been a full circle. Yeah, it would have been like a class. Yeah, it would have been full circle to her waking up. That I would have liked the movie better if they had ended it yeah, that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, if they hadn't included old Mila Jovovich. <laughs> me, me, Mila Oldovich. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, compared to all these things, minor nitpick. Because uh, we're moving on to those now. This movie has a strict policy. It This movie knows what you want to see, and it knows how to make shit cooler. And that is to give more things more barrels than they would normally yes. have. True. There are pistols that are side-by-side, double-barrel, automatic pistols. Yes. Which, I don't doubt... They probably had a working prop. It probably exists. It looks dumb. They had a triple-barreled sawed-off shotgun. shotgun. Oh, my God. And they had a flashlight that was essentially four flashlights taped together (laughs) for no fucking reason. (laughs) Everything had additional tubes. Everything had additional cylinders. As long as you gave it more barrels, it was going to perform better. And look cooler, <laughs> according to the movie. <laughs> minor complaint. Also, along with that minor complaint, there's a character in this who wields a nail gun. Yeah. I think Hollywood thinks that nail guns are made of magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People... I will take that. That's pretty low on my list of complaints for this movie, though. Yeah, it just—it's something that stood out. He had like a—he had like a oxygen tank on his back, and he yeah. was using a nail gun. When they had guns, they—they they said it. Every—they gave a kid a gun. They gave a nine-year-old kid who has no speaking lines and only—and the camera only shows him like three or four times. They gave him a gun. Yeah. But that was weird. Full grown, full grown man on the fucking defense team for this small settlement, and he's got to use a fucking nail gun. <laughs> the last huge nitpick that I have is the character of whatever his name is that was in the ragtag group of renegades that was Claire's love interest. Turned out to be like we we knew all along that there was a mole basically in the. That group of people. Yeah, it had been pretty well set up even before it was officially set up. There was a mole in that group of people that uh, got into the hive. And as, like, right 
right off the bat, I was like, it's that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was. And it didn't make a damn bit of difference. <laughs> he did nothing. He literally did he nothing. He was the least character. I don't know his name. I don't care that he died. <laughs> I do, I do, it, it, it didn't even give me catharsis when Claire killed him. Yeah. Like, it meant nothing. At least, and it, it at was least such you a, felt something when Ruby Rose's... Anyway, Dumb character died. It, it, yeah, it, it made it literally made no impact on the plot whatsoever. They could have done something with it, they didn't, and it just was a waste of time and writing. Uh, so, I I uh, I'm I was looking over my notes, and I I had to chuckle because I made a very. Um, I made a very ambitious note. Um, so they there is a uh, fight scene on top of religious Jorah clones convoy. Yeah, on his tank. The, yeah, on his on his tank that's housing his like cult following yeah. and, and leading all these zombies back to the hive. Um, there's a there's an action scene where. He and Mila Jovovich are trying to kill each other using a piece of, like, cord or something. Yeah. It's like they're pretty much trying to garrote each other with a very long piece of cord mm-hmm. that they're both connected to. And they're kind of, like, swinging each other around. And at one point, you know, one person will, you know, be on top. And, the next, and at, you know, a couple seconds later, tables will turn and someone will be dangling off the convoy. And... I made a note anticipating that Jorah was going to to be in some way connected to Alice and that they were going to to you know maybe find out that that they needed each other cuz it it kind of looked like it was setting that up a little bit. I was like Garot convoy brawl with Jorah symbolizing that they are tied to one another question mark. No. <laughs> no. That, that would have been Pretty amateur, but somewhat clever. Had it been the case, it nope. is not. <laughs> Nothing there. Um, oh God, man. What else can we say? Man, I think we covered it all. And and the and the thing about this, I definitely am left with a more visceral reaction on this one. I don't know if it's because we watched it in theaters. I don't know if it's because actual, like, real dollars were paid. <laughs> like, I, I don't... Dude, we I, pay for all the movies we watch. Right, but but not at a theater. Um, I, uh... I... I, I don't know. I, because, honestly, this... this with, even with how dumb it is, it is dumb. Yes. It is not the worst in this series. The worst in this series is boring and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't sit here and be like No, it's not the worst. Yeah, I It is it's probably the most disappointing. Yeah. Because of the lead up. Yeah. But but I, I can't I can't sit here and be like, God, this, you know, ultimate cherry on top of the shit Sunday. No, I I can't in good consciousness, say that. Um, it was just kind of meh. It would probably honestly be top three. Mm. 
Because if, if two, four, and five were all pretty good. I like I like two and five. One was inoffensive. Four, yeah. <laughs> but so so yeah. It, this one for me, they they fixed some stuff that that they had a problem with. I I had I had been a stickler in the past videos about there not being enough over the top action. They definitely solved that problem, and I complained about there being very long stretches between action sequences. And in like three and four, there being very lackluster set pieces to frame the action around. And they fixed all those problems, honestly. I mean, they shot it in a nauseating way, but they they fixed. There, there was no shortage of action. You never felt like the movie was crawling to a pace. It got... It got monotonous in the way that they were going through the obstacles set before them, but... It just... It didn't get visually boring to watch no it didn't people were always doing things they were actually explaining they were explaining some things about the environment that they were in through showing things in action sequences which is something that the movies did not the movies before this did not do that well it was very much like here's an action sequence now we're going to explain everything to you (laughs) so yeah and they didn't leave themselves a lot of way out of a lot of these problems from the last movies like yeah they they did what they could with what they left themselves but that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't give them a pass on this one yeah and so so yeah they they made things better but it's it's amazingly dumb. Yeah. If you go into it expecting dumb, like really, really dumb. Don't, don't, just don't do it. it I can't really say. It won't that. be fun. It won't be fun for it's you. It's not a good what. movie. It's not really enjoyable. Don't get, don't get invested. If you watched this series and you're like, I really want to see how it wraps up. Just one, you shouldn't have listened to this podcast. We are like chock full of spoilers. Yeah. We, we we always say that. Um, but if if you're wondering if you should see it, probably. I I would say don't. I would say end it at five. Let your whatever you are thinking of about how they got out of DC and how the series wraps up. It's probably better it's, than what happened. It's going to be better than what actually happens. <laughs> All right, so uh, next week, probably Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a welcome change from this. Oh, God. Well. All right. It's been fun. Yep. See you guys. Bye. Have a good night. Drive safe. Pet puppies. <laughs>